Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tenor Meeting Holiness Ministries. My name is Overseer Ken Simmons. We are located in Maryville, Indiana, 46410. Our worship hours is on Sundays at 10 a.m. And our Bible study is Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And you can see us on Facebook. Um, also, please check out our Twitter and our Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to hit the like button. Don't forget to hit the notification bell so you can get all the latest content that is on this channel. If you would like to donate or be a part of Tenor Meeting Holiness Ministries, go to our website where you will see everything that we do there. Uh, you can reach us at tommic.wixsite.com slash meeting. And if you would like to email us or talk to us, email us at T-O-M-M-I-N-C at yahoo.com. Now on back to our service. Welcome to Tenor Meeting Holiness Ministries. My name is Overseer Ken Simmons. Today we will be in the book of Exodus. Exodus. Time to go. <laughs> this is the beginning of the end in Egypt. Now, last week we talked about uh, Joseph. He died. We saw that. We saw that Jacob died. Mm -hmm. But we're about to really see what's going to happen when these two patriarchs and matriarchs are gone. And what happens to the children of Israel? It's a new day with new circumstances. Uh-huh. It and what we're gonna see is nothing will change with God. No matter what the circumstance is, God doesn't change. Right? Say that, say that. Okay. Exodus one and one. It says, These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Nephtali, Gad, and Asher. All the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died. Now, we just named everybody that came to Egypt, right? Then it says, then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. So all of those 70 people that came, at this point, they're all gone. All the brothers are gone. Joseph's gone. Everybody's gone. Seven says, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. Now they're being called the people of Israel. So that's all that's left. Right? The children of Israel. This is all that's left because all of the everybody else is gone. So all we have is the generations of those people. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. So it was a lot of them there. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong 
so that the land was filled with them. Uh -huh. Can you imagine when Goshen started? It started out with 70 people. Right? Now they say that land of Goshen is filled with them. So a lot of them. <laughs> uh -huh. Imagine a whole city full of the same family. same family. Just one family makes up the whole city. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? <laughs> sounds wow. sounds a bit much, don't it? You go down south, you know some of everybody that know everybody. Stay mm -hmm. cousins and nephews and nieces and uh -huh. I remember when I used to go <laughs> I remember when I used to go to uh Haytown, Missouri when I was little. I can be in the store. I won't know these people from Adam. You one of them Sanfords, ain't you? Sure. <laughs> they just know how you look, who you are, and who you belong to. You might not know them, but they know you. A whole city filled with one family. It's a lot of people. So, it says in 8, now there arose a new king over Egypt. The pharaoh that was there when Joseph was there, if there's a new pharaoh there, that means the old pharaoh's dead. There is never a pharaoh <laughs> that has retired and he's living in some place mm -hmm. and then a new pharaoh comes in. No, that never happens. So <laughs> when a new pharaoh comes in, that means the old one is dead. Uh -huh. So all of these people associated with Joseph and what happened in the end of Genesis, all of those people are gone. Okay? Now there arose a new king of, over Egypt who did not know Joseph. We don't know who Joseph was. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Which means this has to be a few generations after Joseph. Because if it was a pharaoh after Joseph, Joseph was in the house and everybody knew Joseph. Uh -huh. I mean, the whole city knew Joseph. You see what I'm saying? To the point where if a pharaoh comes in, he would have grew up under Joseph. You see? But this man had no, no knowledge of Joseph. So this had to be down the line. He said, who did not know Joseph? Now it says, and he said to his people, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. There's too many of them here. Uh-huh. Imagine being over a whole city full of people that are not yours. Everywhere you go is a family member of this family. Uh-huh. And you're the only one that is not a member of this family. You fear for your life. Uh -huh. They're not going to treat me like they treat each other. Uh-huh. He said, "It's too many of them, and it's too and and too mighty for us. It's too many, and they too mighty." Ten says, "Come, let us deal shrewdly with them." This was the answer to that. Let's be mean to them. That's the ticket. Lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us, and escape. From the land. Wow. <laughs> he just took that to the left. <laughs> he just figured since they gone, since it's too many of them, they wouldn't fight with us. They would fight with somebody else. Uh -huh. 
and they'll take over our land. See what fear can do? It makes you think stupid stuff. So, it says in 11, Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to inflict them with heavy burdens. Right? Uh They built for Pharaoh store cities, Python and Ramesses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. Now, I want you to try to get a picture of what's happening. This wasn't a one-day thing. This isn't something he just said, we're going to put them under slavery. And then his men went out and grabbed them all and said, you're all slaves now. This is something that happened strategically and slowly. And this is what it ended up turning into. You see what I'm saying? How do I know that? When it says in 11, therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. He says they built for Pharaoh's store cities. It took a while to build these storefronts. You see what I'm saying? They had stone. This is out in, in, in bricks. It took a while. Everything in Egypt is huge. So it's going to take a while to build whatever they had to build out there for these people. And then it says, and the more they oppressed, which means the more they oppressed means this was over a period of time. And the more they did it, the more they grew. Uh-huh. And the more they spread abroad. So they went beyond the limits of Goshen. So it was like this one family was, that was all in Merrillville spread out to Crown Point. Mm-hmm. And the more he oppressed them, the more they spread out from Crown Point to Highland and to <laughs> all Sherrillville and all these other places. Uh-huh. And they just got bigger and bigger. The, wor- the more you treat them bad, the worse it's going to be for you. Uh-huh. Right. This is a lesson for us today. We cannot treat go around treating everybody bad. We think that we can oppress people and we can change things by using uh, mean means to defeat mean means. You see what I'm saying? You can't. We're going to use destruction to destroy the destruction. Uh That ain't nothing but the devil. It says, and the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. Now, they didn't think this before. But this has been put in their heads. This is how we get swayed by other people. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves. And made their lives bitter with hard services in mortar and brick and on all kinds of work in the field in all their work they ruthlessly made them work as slaves then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives one of whom 
was named Shephar, and the other, Pua. When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, she shall live. Why is that? He told these he told these midwife women, nurses really, when they get ready to have these babies, I want y'all to kill the men. If it's a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let him live. Because the men, the boys are gonna grow up to be men. And the men will turn into warriors. <laughs> we don't need that. Yeah. So we don't need that in our city. We're gonna just kill them. Right? This is what happens when one race hates another. You see? But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the male children live. Uh-huh. So the king, nobody wants to kill the babies. Who wants to be? I'm more scared of God than me trying to just sit here and kill male babies. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people do it. They put it out there. But the midwives feared God, and they did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them. But let them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, "Why have you done this? And let the male children live? Why am I seeing more men? Why am I seeing young boys walk around?" So this had to be over a period of time. Also, he had to see little boys walking around which means they nine months these babies was born and they grew Say that. now he's seeing little baby boy Hebrews walking around uh-huh. why am I seeing baby boy Hebrew boys walking around so the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them why have you done this 19 says the midwife said to Pharaoh because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women this was their excuse The Hebrew women, they, they're not like us. They're not like y'all. For they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives can come to them. They just popping out babies so quick, we can't stop them. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they... Every time, by the time we get there, the baby born. He already here. Here come another so God dealt well with them with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong nothing stops what God has going That's right. and because the midwives feared God he gave them families the midwives were Egyptian women but God showed them favor because they did not kill these babies they feared God more. Right. 
See, you have to understand that the midwives was amongst the Hebrew women. So they learned about the God of Israel. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And as they told them about the God of Israel, they feared the God of Israel. Right. They believed in the God of Israel. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile. But you shall let every daughter live. This is, he still wants to kill these boys. He gives this command. We're going to go on to Exodus 2. Okay. Now a man in the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrush and bought it. And bought, bought, and <laughs> daubed, and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. Which means she kind of glued it together. That pitch, it's like a tar. And it, and it keeps, and it keeps like uh, something in the water afloat, keeps it from sinking. It's a real deep, rich, like tarish substance. Pitch. She put the child in it and placed it in the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. So she put him in the water, sent him down the river sister watched him go down the river to see where he was going to end up. She wanted to know where her brother was going. <laughs> right? Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young woman walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reed and sent her servant woman and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? She wanted to take care of her brother. Should I call a Hebrew woman? This is a Hebrew child. I don't want him to go and get lost in Egypt. She's making sure that they don't kill this baby. Right? And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. She was the mother of the child anyway. You see that? See how the daughter went and got her mom? Right. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses. This is how Moses came. Because she said, I drew him out of the water. One day, when Moses had grown up, he went out of his people, he went 
to his people and looked on their burdens and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. This is when he's grown now. Right? One of his people. He looked this way and that and seeing no one was there, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. He looked around to see if anybody, because he was watching, because you know at this point the Hebrews were slaves. He was watching an Egyptian beat on the Hebrew. Moses looks around, ain't no more Egyptian soldiers around. And he went and killed the soldier. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Then it says, when he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. They were fighting amongst each other. He said, and he said to the man in the wrong, why did you strike your companion? He answered, who made you a prince? any judge over us. Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? He thought didn't nobody see him do that. Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely this thing is known. If they know who it is, I know Pharaoh. Knows. He knew everything. Uh -huh. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. The shepherd came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and saved them. See, it was seven daughters, they came to get, they go to the trough, they're trying to draw water. These dudes standing there and drawing women away. Moses saw it and he came to their rescue. He still been saved them in the water from the flock. It says, 18 says, when they came home to their father, real, he said, how is that you have come home so soon today? They said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hands of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. They said an Egyptian helped them. Now we know that Moses looked like an Egyptian. He was uh -huh. raised in Egypt as an Egyptian. You see? He said to his daughters, Then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him, that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Moses got married, <laughs> had a little boy mm -hmm. named Gershom, right? Mm -hmm. 23 says, during those many days, the king of Egypt died. This king that was trying to kill all these babies, he passed away. And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry from, for rescue from slavery came up to God. God heard it. Uh -huh. 
And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham. See, all of this is about the covenant he made with Abraham. With Isaac and with Jacob, God saw the people of Israel. And God knew. And we're going to stop there. Understanding that God heard it and he knew. We always talk about how we know that God knows everything. Uh -huh. But we don't really fathom what it means that when you do something wrong, God knows. That's huge. When God knew, when that says God knew, that means there's some consequences about to go down. God is about to move in a way that he's never moved before. You see? Things are about to change. We read back in Exodus 1 where it says, Behold. And all of these things came down from Pharaoh saying that he was going to enslave these people and all of this stuff. But when God says, behold, it's going to be a new day. Something's going to change. Lives change. People change. Things change. Everything changes when God shifts. All because somebody cries out to him and God knows. Amen? Amen. It's, it's a thing to be in Christ and to have God know what you're going through and understand what you're going through. Right? Mm -hmm. So, we're going to end there and we're going to start on Exodus 3 which is going to put Moses at the burning bush mm -hmm. and we're going to see what God does and says to Moses about freeing his people because he knows their pain. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you, thank you for the revelation knowledge that went forth today. Uh -huh. We thank you for the scriptures and understanding that hate spewed out among races is a huge no-no uh -huh. in God's eyes. And when these things happen, God moves. Especially when it happens to the people that he care about. When it happens to God's people, God moves in their, on their behalf. We thank and praise your name. Uh -huh. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray and say amen. amen. Stay blessed and faithful. of Meeting Holiness Ministries. For more of God's Word, please subscribe to this channel. Don't forget to hit the like button and the notification bell so you can get all the latest content that is on this channel. Thanks again for coming. And as always, stay blessed and faithful.